welcome to The Way Home Podcast, a podcast featuring conversations about church, community, and culture. This is your host, Dan Darling. Today, our guest is Molly Hemingway, a senior editor at The Federalist, an online political journal. Molly's one of my favorite journalists. She's well known for her coverage of religion and politics and really has um, got a good reputation for holding the mainstream media accountable for their sometimes often biased coverage. So I'm going to talk to Molly about how she got started in journalism, talk to her about coverage of religion by journalists, good and bad, and uh, also how journalism can be a worthy calling uh, for a Christian. But before we get to our conversation, I want to talk about a new ERLC initiative, uh, Leland House Press. Leland House publishes ebooks on the intersection of faith and culture. And at the end of this month, I'm very excited. My new ebook, Engage, Maintaining a Christian Witness Online, will be available. So be watching for that at the end of March here. Also, you can check out the show notes on the podcast page for more information and links to Leland House Press. But for now, let's join our conversation with Molly Hemingway. Molly, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. It's great to be here with you. So I just want to talk a little bit about your career and about journalism. So I guess my first question is, how did you get started in journalism and writing? What sparked that? Was that something that started when you were in in high school and you kind of followed that or where did that begin? I, When I was younger, I actually knew I wanted to be an economist. So mm-hmm. I figured that out when I was around 15, and I went to school, and I studied economics. I never changed my major. I started grad school and realized that I did not want to be an economist. <laughs> it was a really bad time to yeah. have that realization. So I was working in uh, finance and fundraising and stuff like that, and uh, I noticed that all of my friends who were reporters just loved what they were doing. They mm-hmm. also made no money. But they really liked what they were doing, and they seemed to be having such a good time. And I remembered that, you know, I'd been on, I'd been a yearbook editor in high school, and I always liked journalism. And so I just decided to make the leap. So I did, and I loved it. It's just been great. So I think most people know you uh, before you were at the Federalist, where you're you're the senior editor now. I think many people know you just kind of for your your op eds that have been everywhere and things, but also your work at Get Religion. So maybe talk a little bit about that beat, the kind of religion beat. Was that something that you really enjoyed doing? Yeah, I when I started out in journalism, I just took jobs. I took whoever would hire me. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I was working for these publications, we'd be writing like three to four stories a day about things like the management of the federal government or mm-hmm. the radio and recording industry. And I really wanted to write about other things, and I had interest in economics again and baseball, and also religion. And I tried freelancing in each of these areas, and I noticed that people really were much more interested in my religion writing than anything else. So I kind of focused in that. And after doing that for a few years, I also met Terry Mattingly, who runs Get Religion. Mm -hmm. And he had been the religion writer at my hometown newspaper in Denver. And so I thought he was amazing and <laughs> wonderful. So I actually hollered at him from the street and <laughs> he uh, he said nobody had ever done that before, you know, yelled out his name on the <laughs> sidewalk. But uh, I ended up working at Get Religion where we analyzed how well the mainstream media uh, writes about religion news. 
And so every day we would just look at different things. You know, you you know this all too well. You know how mainstream reporters will confuse evangelical with even evangelist, or uh-huh. how they act like prayer is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> or you know all the things that you know so well. We would just write about it. We did it with the aim of trying to help reporters do a better job covering religion. Yeah. Well, and it, it seems to me, in my experience, that you have kind of two different kinds of reporters when it comes to religion. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, there I've met uh, several of the really good religion reporters that really do know the kind of the nuances of, you know, the different denominations, and they could tell a Southern Baptist from, you know, a Lutheran from, you know, and they really understand it. And so when they write pieces, you can see the nuance in there and you can see the detail in there. But then it's it's kind of comical when you see kind of a, you know, like a political reporter who doesn't really have any experience all of a sudden writing religion pieces. And then you get the kind of crazy stuff, right? Yeah, I think that's true. The people who aren't full-time religion reporters are particularly prone to mistakes. Certainly some of the people who cover religion as their beat also can be tripped up by you know, bias or, yeah. uh, you know, just, you know, we're, we're all human. We we mess up how we mm-hmm. write our stories. But yes, certainly it's the, <laughs> it's the people who don't cover religion that maybe have the funniest mistakes. Well, I, I thought it was such a big deal when apparently slow news day or something where, you know, Scott Walker being an evangelical Christian, you know, it's a shocker that he gets guidance from the Lord on his future decisions. And, you know, I'm just sitting there reading that saying, like, have they not ever met an evangelical or even just even, even any Christian, even the evangelical. Exactly. I mean, the idea that what happened is you had a few reporters actually mocking him for talking about praying to God and also specifically to, to um, pray because he's trying to figure out if he's going to run for president. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought was so interesting. It's like, okay, it's one thing if you aren't religious and you don't do this and you think it's weird. It is entirely another to not know <laughs> the tens of millions of Americans yeah. who speak this way. Yeah. I mean, how cloistered do you have to be to not even know that this is a common thing for other people? Yeah. Do you think it's a function of, you know, I was going back and forth on this. Is this a function of, you know, just a lot of reporters are are not religious, they don't have that background, and it's kind of ignorance or naivete? Or do you think on the part of some that there's an actual kind of um, antagonism toward people of faith? I mean, I actually think I've become more negative mm-hmm. on this the longer I've been in journalism. So I used to think maybe it was more just mostly naivete or Mm -hmm. ignorance. And the longer I've been in journalism, the more I see that there's just an outright hostility that's actually based mostly in politics. So Mm -hmm. if you are Barack Obama and you say you pray, the same media that mocks Scott Walker are not going to mock Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. And he has said that, and he does say that. And he said it weeks ago. (laughs) You (laughs) You have a really good test example. And then... Yeah, I don't know. I think there, there's just also a growing hostility to religion and a pain that's there for some people, which I don't quite understand. But, um, you know, studies have always shown that reporters are less likely to be religious than the average population, and those who are religious are less likely to go to church regularly than the average population. So you're seeing a real different type of um, person in a newsroom than you're seeing you know, next to you in a pew. 
But I think that's a good reason for people who care about these issues to just show compassion and reach out to reporters. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, this anger and hostility isn't coming from nowhere. So even though it's very frustrating, I think that if you can first reach out to reporters who mess things up or make mm-hmm. fools of themselves, with some compassion and love, I think it actually goes a long way. Yeah, I, I think, you know, most conservative Christians probably feel a little bit put upon by the press, you know, as if the press is almost kind of the enemy. And it's some sometimes it can be. But I found just, you know, building relationships with people, even people who disagree with you, it seemed to help, even help the coverage. But you seem to, uh, in your role at, at The Federalist, it seemed to be someone who is committed to kind of keeping the press accountable for some of the some of these egregious mistakes. Is that kind of a role that you felt you feel you've grown into or something that just like you can't help doing because there's so much uh, so much out there that's kind of, you know, egregious in terms of the coverage? How did you kind of come into that kind of uh, role? Yeah, I actually remember being a kid and reading the news. We had two newspapers in Denver, the Rocky mm-hmm. Mountain News and the Denver Post. And I was one of those nerds who would read every page of both newspapers. <sighs> and I remember, even at a young age, being very frustrated with how certain things were covered. Mm-hmm. What I really mean by this is how the abortion debate was covered. Mm-hmm. I picked up on that early. I realized that it was just scandalous how unfair and disparate this coverage was. Yeah. And that has motivated me since that time, really. I mean, it's hard. It's such an easy thing to pick on because we do such a bad job of covering this topic. The you know civil rights struggle of our time, and it's just scandalous what we allow to happen. Um, but what it also did is it made me a really skeptical, in the best sense of the word, I think, reader. So when I read things, I have it really ingrained in me that the media might not get things right. So I don't just believe something because I see the headline or the lead. I've noticed that it's rare that the headline even matches what the substance of the story mm-hmm. is. And I you know, that's just something that is a big part of my reading. And so I can't help but write about it because I want other people to also share that skepticism and, and learn to be a discerning consumer of news, whether they're getting it, whether they're reading it in print or online or watching it on TV. It seems like that's kind of a lost art. I mean, just from our perspective, we've seen that as well on both sides, you know, whether it's right or left, where there's a just a real sensational headline and someone will just kind of go with it. And you're saying, actually read the article because <laughs> um, that, yeah. that's actually not, the headline is very misleading. I mean, we've gotten in trouble for, you know, headlines that have been written about us. And then it's like, well, that's actually not true. But um, mm-hmm. it seems like in this age of sort of Twitter and Facebook and people just kind of sharing. And it seems like we're, we're so ready with outrage, you know, to be outraged mm-hmm. at something. Even if we don't read the article, the headline is enough to, to kind of uh, get us going. No, that's absolutely true. And that's also not very healthy for us to be living in a constant state of outrage. Yeah. So another challenge I think is when you're reading stories, to before you get outraged, try and put the best construction on the actions of the people you're reading about, and then certainly do what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm someone who writes powerfully against things all the time, but you still want to put the best construction on whatever is happening. Yeah. Assume, don't assume that your ideological opponent or the person who just did a bad job with the journalism or whatever is evil. Assume the best of them. I want to ask you about Christians and journalism. I mean, given that there's such a 
there still seems like there's such a need for good journalism that's fair, that's that's just good work. Do you encourage Christians to go into journalism to do the kind of hard work of of getting journalism degree and 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 going and writing and kind of being the change uh, that they'd like to see in the media? I don't I don't know if I encourage people to get a journalism degree. It's I, I didn't go to journalism school, but mm-hmm. so I don't have firsthand knowledge. But all of my friends and family who did claim that it's not. Mm-hmm. best choice that you should instead study something else and then go into journalism and you can use what okay. you studied to make you a better journalist. I don't I don't have strong feelings on that either way. But absolutely do we need people with different perspectives in journalism. I mean I think about the Kermit Gosnell situation where for years the media pretty much didn't cover this. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the kind of story that required just a little bit of coverage. It was a sensational serial murder trial mm-hmm. with angles everywhere, you know, from immigration to infanticide to, you know, drug laws to everything. I mean, there were so many angles you could have covered and the media just hit it, covered it up. Mm. And after they were finally shamed and forced into covering it a little bit, the executive editor of the Washington Post said that he had a very simple explanation for why they hadn't covered it. He said, we simply didn't know about it. And if you think about a newsroom with hundreds, if not thousands of people, and nobody knew about the most high story in the pro-life movement for years, Hmm. think about what that says about that newsroom. Nobody knew about it. I mean, like, assuming that he's telling the truth, it wasn't something worse. Yeah. That's horrible that they don't even have anyone in the newsroom with a different perspective on abortion. You know, you see it all the time with stories about Christianity, that there isn't even anyone in the newsroom who can speak to the issue, mm-hmm. to the issues at play. So, yes, of course, Christians should be doing it. Not just because it's a really fun career and you get to, you know, just great. I still can't believe people let me do it. But it's also a service to your community if you can tell members of your community stories that they're not privy to. And it's also a service to fellow journalists who desperately need some fresh perspective. If you were advising a young aspiring journalist, say a you know a high school student that's running their school newspaper, or you know someone in college that's kind of thinking about their career path, I guess what what advice would you give them um, to get started on their way? Yeah, it's kind of interesting this time we're in where the traditional media outlets are kind of imploding and people are just making names for themselves on their own through social media and whatnot. Uh, so a lot of the advice that I was given or that I would have given a few years ago is completely unnecessary now. But some stuff that really does stick is that if you want to be a print journalist, if you want to be a writer, you need to just practice, practice, practice. You just write day after day after day, and it will get easier and better to the point that it's actually almost easy. And if you want to be a multimedia journalist, you need to get those skills quickly. But another sort of more abstract thing is Understanding what the role of journalist is. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes people get very confused. They think that their job is to convert the world either to their political philosophy or to their Mm -hmm. faith. And that's actually not what the vocation of journalist is about. And it's still important. You're still serving God by serving your neighbor in telling your neighbor, you know, I went to this event and here's what happened. That's Mm -hmm. still a service. And there is, you know, there's always a time to talk to people about the gospel or um, what you know as a Christian, that doesn't mean that every story is that time. Mm -hmm. And you want to have a clear understanding of what your role 
as a journalist is, not to, you know, usually, I mean, some people are opinion journalists and I've become one and then it is your job to persuade people. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the most part, journalism is not about persuading people. It's just about being accurate and honest and fair. And so I think it's important to hone those skills so that you can be a great journalist. So I think it's interesting. So you're married to a writer, uh, Mark Hemingway writes for Weekly Standard. I'm always curious, like your kids, you know, are they already working on their first book because their parents are so gifted, gifted writers or what? We, my husband and I think it's really sad that when our kids play that they're working, you know, how kids do that. They say, I'm yeah. working and they like dig a ditch or something. Um, our kids sit in front of a pretend computer and pretend to type. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so sad. It's, uh, you know, we, we, certainly if they do become writers, that would be fine. But, yeah. you know, we kind of feel like we're cheating them by not showing them what real work is, but. Yeah. Um, last week I did actually have to, because of a snow day, I had to take my children with me to interview some senators, which mm-hmm. is not exactly the ideal working <laughs> mom scenario, uh, but it turned out great. And um, I think they got to see a little bit more of what journalists do, ask questions, write up the stories. And yeah. So that was fun. Well, Molly Hemingway, I appreciate you you joining us today on the Way Home podcast, and uh, we appreciate your work and uh, just the way that you go about it, the th- thoroughness, uh, you're fair, but also, you know, fierce in that you're, you're holding people accountable. And so I encourage everybody to, uh, to go to the Federalist, bookmark that, check Molly's work there. Thank you. Well, I want to thank Molly Hemingway for joining me on the Way Home podcast. Great conversation, and I really appreciate her giving us this time. I also want to thank you for joining me, and if you'd like to give feedback on this podcast, please email me at wayhome at erlc.com, or better yet, go to iTunes and write a review and share your feedback with other people so they can uh, check out the podcast. Also, don't forget to check out the new Leland House Press and be watching for my new book, Engage, How to Maintain a Christian Witness Online, which will be releasing at the end of this month. Check out the website, danieldarling.com, for all the information about Leland House Press and for additional information and show notes from this conversation with Molly. But for now, thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast. This podcast was recorded by Jason Thacker and Angie Gonzalez, produced by Gary Lancaster, and assisted by Marie Delph. You can find previous podcasts on danieldarling.com.